This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I'm really excited for you to meet my next guest. This is Sherilyn Decker. She's written a book I've really enjoyed. I hope we get to talk about it a bunch today. The book is Roar Back. Roar Back. And uh, let's say hi to Sherilyn. How are you doing today? Hey, Steve. I am doing so well. Thank you so much for having me and welcome everybody to who are very bold today. I love it. I love it. And I am excited. Your book is very bold. You know, um, I've written a bunch of notes. It's kind of funny. I don't think the camera will pick up on it, but I've got like five pages of notes and they're kind of all seemingly random just from different things, different quotes that I that I uh, took from you, um, you know, when God shows up in my mess, you said, I'm also awed by his power and peeved by his punctuality. Uh, he's never late, never early. I, too, collapse in exhaustion. My greatest strength is weakness to his limitless capabilities. Beautiful words. Man. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I, want, I want to just roll through some of the random notes that may trigger some things for you. And then I want you to tell us about Roar Back. And thank you for joining us outside of Denver, Colorado today by phone. Really appreciate that. Um, here's some of my bullet points of, you know, just you know, visuals that stuck with me. Tasmanian Devil, that stuck with me. Um, we all want to get mouthy. I love that. Sassy. We, we want to get all mouthy. Let's talk about that sassy mouth for a minute. Uh, by Felicia is another one. Talk to the hand, a little throwback reference. And uh, an Eagle Scout dream that you had as well. So where do you want to start us with this great book, Roar Back? You know, I love where you started. Because you started with the recognition that we are so limitless. Mm. Our greatest strength is limitless. Mm. in comparison to God's, well, wait a minute, we are limited. Yeah. Our greatest weakness, our greatest strength is limitless in compared, you know, God is just so limitless. Right. And this, this has just become so real, because here we had, you know, the greatest fishermen, and they were his disciples, and yet they're terrified yeah. on, this bo- on this boat in the middle of the storm. Yeah. And we think, we think, oh, yeah, yeah, they're scared, they're scared. But these are fishermen. They're not afraid of any kind of rain. <laughs> right. They're afraid of this kind of rain, this right. kind of spiritual you know, storm that they're going through. And I think when I walk through some of the difficulties of my life, and um, there's so many for us to choose from, <laughs> right. that I had to realize that there, at the end of my strength, I still wasn't fully tapping into God's. Mm, yes. Well, can you talk to us and walk us through, and I know this is in your book, but what kind of led you to this sort of renewal and tapping into that strength? Can you tell us about the that experience? Yeah, it was a phone call. It was mm. a phone call that I'll never forget. It was one that says, I'm sorry, Sherilyn, but your position has been eliminated. Wow. And it was it was one of those things where I'll just you know be honest that yeah. everything I did was I was my identity was tied up in my work. Sure. And when my job when I lost my job, not only was our finances hit you know yeah. very majorly because I yeah. was the breadwinner of my family and but my identity was mm. and I had to come face to face with who am I now? Yeah. I had to come face to face. Do I believe God's word that He mm. says He's my provider? And I was sitting here in the bottom of my pit. 
and having to decide if my faith was going to be real or not. Yeah. So that's what started it, a really um, awakening to, I can't do this. Right. And I have to trust that God will. So you are, are you just from reading and, and talking, I mean, through your, or reading through your story, it seems like to me, like you're kind of uh, an achiever. Does that, does that resonate with you at all? Oh, it does. Very type A achiever, yeah. planned everything right yeah. to the nth detail. And that was definitely, uh, you know, high D on the disc, right? So, I mean, I'm yeah. a get it done kind of girl. Yeah. Yeah. And that was very much who I was. And I say who I was because I don't live mm. like that anymore. Yeah. Because I realize that when I say yes to what God has, then he can take me places that I could have never taken myself if I will just surrender. Right. Um, and I realized, that I, and, I, and I say this in the book, that it was my independence, which was really fear. My independence was fear of being dependent on God and what that could oh. really look like. And so for you, for you control freaks out there, I hope that that, <laughs> you know, kind of it kind of jolts you up a little bit. Like, wait a minute, my independence is really fear. And for me, it was. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about that, if you can. Your independence was fear. I mean, talk to us a little bit more about that and how you came out of that then. Well, when you when you think you've got it all in your in your hands, when you think you have control over everything, then yeah. you're not willing to give something to God. And then it's it's like, well, okay, thank you. Bless my plans. Pat me on the head and send me on. Right. Instead of saying, is this what you want me to do, God? Yeah. Because I was operating in a place of my strengths. I was operating mm. in a place of my gifts and my talents. I was doing all of it myself. Mm. Yeah. And even though I was a Christian and I believed God and I was doing all the you know the things I was supposed to be, supposed to be doing, I was serving, I was attending church, I was reading my Bible, all of that. Yeah. I hadn't fully surrendered mm. all of everything else. And I was, you know, tightly controlling everything in my life and because it just had to go a certain way. And then when I lost my job and everything shattered and I had no control anymore, yeah. then I had to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. I have to trust you. And I don't know what it looks like to trust you. Yeah. And God, are you trustworthy? Yeah. And he, I, he had to show me in my own life that he was because he's faithful. And I knew that he was faithful. But it hadn't made the journey from my head knowledge, you know, that I read the scripture and I had right. it in my head, to my heart, to my hands and feet. Like, I had to actually have tangible evidence mm. for myself that I could trust him. Mm. Yeah. So, And did he really have the best plan set out for me or were mine better? Right. I love it. So can you walk us through some of that process then? As you're trying to learn to trust and learn to surrender, was this an overnight thing? Was this, did this take several weeks, several months? What did that look like, Sherilyn? Well, I can tell you it was ugly. It was ugly. Um, it was ugly because my, if you could picture a tightly clenched fist, mm -hmm. so tight that the knuckles turn white. Yeah. And I, in my hand, I had tightly everything. And it was a matter of God prying open every single finger. Mm. Will you give this to me? And there was not an area mm. of my life that was not impacted in that season where he was saying, will you give me this? Will you give me that? Will you give me this? And I could give the examples, but for all of us, what we're tightly holding on to is something different. And I really want to encourage you and those listening to kind of say, open your hands. Because mm. when we have tight clenched fists, we can't receive anything from God. Yeah. But when we open them up, we can be in a posture to receive. Mm. And then God can use us. 
then yeah. God can do something with this because then it's not it's not me. I'm not I'm not doing it on my own. I'm trusting the Lord for every single thing. Right. And that that completely fractured my independence. Mm, yes. Well, I know you're not going to go through everything, but could you share like with us one of those things that was impacted that was kind of hard to let go? Do you mind sharing? Yeah, one of the things that I was um in this season when I after, when I was in this period of losing my job, I was a worship leader. I was on the worship team. Um I was not the pastor, but I was one of worship leaders. Right. And I was on the team and I was showed up to practice and all of a sudden I couldn't hear anything. And oh. I was getting frustrated at the worship leader because I thought he was stealing my part. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'd rehearsed, I'd learned it in this, you know, crazy key that he had picked and I was, you know, and I was struggling to pick up my harmony. And then he switched the key on me and then I'm, you know, frustrated and I'm like, I don't yeah. understand why I can't I can't pick this up in my ear. And then I kept asking the sound guy to turn up the floor monitors and I'm blasting everybody on the stage because I I can't hear. Whoa. And come to find out that I had hearing loss, that God, that something had happened and I had gotten hearing loss, probably because, you know, too many monitors in my ears for years. Wow. But it was something I did not want to lay down. Right. I did not want to give up this. This was my gifting. This was the way I served. And God's like, no, I want you to let that go. Because I never would have thought I would have ended up in some flavor of women's ministry because I was a worship leader. Right. And here, fast forward now, I would have never said yes to what I'm doing now because I was serving in a different capacity. Right. And so that was one thing that I really had to come to grips with. I mean, I went to go get my hearing tested. We got special, you know, inner ear monitors for me, all kinds of different things to yeah. try to make this work. And then it realized that, I mean, and Steve, here we are like yeah. six years later and my harmony hasn't fully come back. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. so this is an area where I wanted, I didn't surrender until God fried that finger to be okay i'm going to make you let this go right now, i'm not saying he gave me bad hearing but right you know, I, i'm going to say that he hasn't healed me from it either right point. right yeah all right do you mind Sherilyn? thinking can you tell us about another area of your life where it was kind of hard to let go maybe somebody who's listening is it's going to really resonate with them as well as just their learning through your story to let go yeah well the job loss was a big one yeah um yeah and then the the other one that I had to let go of was my husband had been given an opportunity to move across the country. We were living in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. in Virginia, uh-huh. and my husband was given an opportunity to move to Colorado. I did not want to go is an understatement. Okay. My All family right. is from Northern Virginia. Oh. My church family was from Northern Virginia. My friends, my roots, my oh. deep roots were in Virginia, okay. and I did not want to go. Yeah. And so, but it was in part of that process where God was really working on my heart. And I remember listening to, I lost my job. Mm. I was in, you know, my grubby clothes with dry shampooed hair, mopping yeah. the floor. And I hear the Lord tell me through a sermon that I'm listening to, you are not geographically positioned for God to bless you. Wow. Mm. Right. So I knew that that pastor in my ear yeah. was talking to me because yeah. I was fighting a move to Colorado. Yeah. And as soon as we got here, I mean, I can't say it wasn't wilderness because there has been a season of that, but we have seen God's hand of acceleration and blessing on us because we said yes to the move. We had to leave family behind and friends Mm. and all of that stuff that we had, my network of, you know, people that I knew from work, all of that to go start over. So it kind of felt like Abraham, go to a land that I can show you where you will know nobody. (laughs) Right, right, right. How do you feel so like? These were big decisions. Yeah, yeah, big decisions, 
and tell us about some of that uh, blessing that you've seen, what it has looked like in God's wisdom, because if it had just been left up to you, you never would have left. So in God's wisdom, how has he accelerated his calling on your life? So here's a uh, one of the most amazing things I've seen God do is is how he gave us our house. Okay. Um, when we first moved to Denver, we lived on the south side of Denver. And then my husband's office, you know, re- moved as they got as they got bigger. We ended up his office was now on the north side of Denver. Okay. So we've had a Washington D.C. commute. We didn't want that again. Right? No, so I get had, that. You know, we're like, let's yeah. So we're like, let's move to the north side of Denver. So in the process of moving to the north side of Denver, God showed up mm. and He gave us a fully furnished model home in my color palette. Like in everything your color could have been handpicked for me. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I walked in here and I'm like, there's everything in here that I like. I, I probably will. I changed one room. Yeah. Fully furnished model home that we closed in in less than 30 days. I mean, it, it, Steve, it happened so fast yeah. that I was holding on for dear life. And I think I have some road rash. It, <laughs> it really was so quick yeah. that I can see this was God's hand. Yeah. There's no way that this could have happened without him. Every single thing from the financing to the competition on the house. I mean, talk about obstacles melting like wax before the Lord. Yes. He spoke that this was ours, and it happened. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I just can't even describe how yes. quickly it moved. Yeah. And I'm sitting in my office here that is, you know, hand-painted by the Lord. <laughs> I'm just grateful. <laughs> I love Because it. I'm like, I would have never picked that, but you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> great job, Lord. Great job. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, how else have you seen God move? I mean, this is this is a brand new call for you. This is really great what God is doing. How else can you see God moving? Uh, well, the book was a huge process. Yeah. The, I didn't plan to sit out to write a book, and okay. then COVID hit, and we we're all stuck at home, right? Yes. And I just felt the pressure to finally put the words to paper and kind of write it out. So that, that came out of this season, and it mm. happened really fast. Yeah. Um, I think I finished it. Uh, I think I probably started it late summer and had it. It was out in the market by the end of November. Oh, so my it gosh. happened quickly. Oh, yeah, it did. And, you know, it was just something that, you know, I just had to trust the Lord on. And, you know, we've just seen his hand and how he's using it. And yes. that's just been so good. But there's been so many things this past couple of years where I'm saying, oh, yes, God, that was you. That was mm, you. Yes. That was you. Because I know this isn't me. Um, I'm not driving any of this. I yes. didn't want to write a book. I right. didn't want to be on podcasts. <laughs> right. I wanted right. to hide in my cave and be just fine as a true introvert does. Yes. But, so, but God has been pushing me outside of that and say, okay, you know, we're going to use this yes. thing that you walked through, this losing your job, this losing your identity, this losing everything, um, and we're going to shine God's light through it and say, this is how He shows up. Um, so those are some. Those are definitely some examples. Yeah, those are great. Well, let me ask you this: Somebody's listening today, and maybe literally lost their job. Maybe somebody is going through has just lost their marriage. Um, maybe somebody's going through something that their identity, whether it's a career change or career loss or a relationship loss, that your identity is kind of wrapped up in. What would you tell them today? I know you'd come with some uh, empathy and sympathy, but what would you tell them if they're just going through this fresh that maybe can cut out some of the pain of letting go and surrendering? What would you tell them today? Number one, you're not alone. Mm. I see you. Steve sees you. The mm. fact that God just brought you to mind shows that he sees you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And because God sees you, you need to know what your creator sees. Mm. 
And I tell this story in the book about how my friend Kimberly is an artist, and she'll sometimes send me pictures of her artwork. And she'll be like, oh, this is such and such. And I'm like, Kim, I don't see that. Yeah. (laughs) But the creator gets to decide what the art says. Mm. The artist gets to define it. And your creator has something to say about you. Mm. And he calls you his daughter and his son. Mm. And once you can start your identity there, knowing that God is your father, Mm -hmm. the most perfect heavenly father. If you've had a horrible relationship with your earthly father, God is not that. God is the perfect father. Absolutely good. Yeah. And if you start seeing yourself as his child, if you start seeing yourself as the bride of Christ, Mm. and you can begin to let him speak to you and show you what that means, and any job loss, any marriage loss, any relationship loss doesn't define who you are. Yeah. God does. And no one else's opinion, Mm. thoughts, or, you know, they, they don't matter. Because they don't line up with what the Creator says. Mm. That is and so I just, good. You know, and I just speak life over you right now that God will begin to draw people to you who will speak over you who God says you are. Mm. That is good. We're talking to Sherilyn Decker. Her book is Roar Back. And there are so many good quotes and good things in there. Um, it's hard for me to even... Uh, sort through and work through. I've got so many pages. It's it's too many. You just need to buy the book. Um, it's a beautiful just story of of surrender and of God helping us to work through those what looks like defeats and those look like losses to bring triumph and to bring victory. Sherilyn, let me ask you about this. I've got a quote here, and I just want you to talk about this. You said, his loving correction demolished my bad attitude over his timing, and he taught me two things. I could posture my heart to receive breakthrough via one, abiding, and two, blessing others. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah. Abiding is the idea of we just sit in his presence. Mm. We learn how to be connected to the vine. We learn how to just be without coming with any kind of agenda. without coming with a whole long line of asks. We have those, but he knows our needs before we even ask them. So we can almost push those aside, push them across the table and say, God, these are already yours. You already know. I don't need to ask you about them and just sit in his presence and just let him love us. Yeah. And what that truly looks like to abide with the Lord and have just a true begin to build an intimate relationship with him as a person. Yeah. Because the Genesis says we are created in his image. He created us that way for relationship, for community. Adam and Eve used to walk with him in the cool of the day and have conversations. Yes. This is what he wants. He wants to have us sit in our, you know, comfy chair. Right. With our, you know, with me, it's my tea with you. It might be your coffee and just sit there with the Lord and just, enjoy his company. Mm. And so that's one of the pieces of abiding, of surrendering our agenda. Yeah. And then the second piece, um, blessing others. Oh man, did that really wreck me? Yeah. Because one of the things that we, that we, uh, that revelation tells us is we overcome the enemy with the blood of the lamb Mm -hmm. and the power of our testimony. Mm. And so that means that the power of our testimony helps set people free. Mm. And if we see somebody who's walking through what we're walking through right now and they have come out the other side, then we need to bless them. Yeah. We need to say, I see you. I see that, you know, and I just, I just, mm. I just am getting this picture of people who are struggling with health 
people who are struggling with yes. you know, a desire to lose weight. And they're like, okay, find somebody who just finished that race, mm. who is seeing amazing results because God or because of something or because of what they've done and just acknowledge that I see you yes. and I see the progress you're making and bless them. Now, it doesn't have to be a financial blessing. You don't have to go buy them coffee. You can. God will show you what you need to do to bless these people. Yeah. It could just be an acknowledgement of them being on the mm-hmm. other side. Mm-hmm. Because when we acknowledge that somebody else has come through a difficulty and they've come through the other side, then we can say, okay, um, we're partnering with their victory. Right. And when we partner with their victory, we are choosing to say, okay, now I want to stand in victory. Yes. And we can see ourselves there because we see somebody else there. We're using their testimony, not necessarily to do what they did, but to kind of say, God, I see how you're showing up in their life, and I'm going to bless them because I know that by blessing them, um, it draws it to me. Right. And it's such a powerful spiritual principle to realize that we, um, we increase by giving and blessing other people. Yeah. And that means in the victories that they've walked through. And so I can remember, you know, in the season when, you know, here I am worshiping, um, you know, in front of the entire church and I'm in this place of just raw, transparent worship before the Lord. Like I, I can't even see anybody because it's just me and God. Yeah. And it, there was such a purity in my worship that I began to transform in front of people week after week after week after wow. week. So much so that people would come up to my husband and I thinking that we were expecting <laughs> another child because there was so much, you know, um, God had just shown up so m- m- uh, amazingly yeah. in my countenance and in the way I showed up, in the way that I worshipped. And people knew that I'd lost my job because they were like, what's with her? Yeah. And, um, and, I, and so I remember that transformation happening in front of people. They were so... There were more people that wanted to know what happened to my life, um, that, you know, what caused the implosion, what caused me to be so raw and transparent. But there were a handful of people that were like, you know what, I see what God is doing Mm. and affirming that. And when you feel like when you have a when you bless somebody and tell them you're affirming what God has done, you see what God is doing, then that 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 just encourages them that their victory that is bearing fruit. Yes. So you're not just blessing them by saying, oh, yeah, you know, good job. You're right. letting them see that the fruit of the labor that they just labored with with the Lord is beginning to show. And when you're in the middle of your mess and you don't know whether or not anybody is seeing fruit, yes. somebody tells you, hey, I took some fruit from your tree and it tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then that's like, oh, my gosh, Lord, look what you did. Mm. I would have never known that my transformation in front of everybody was even visible right. until someone had told me. So not only does the blessing of other people help someone who's you know walking through who doesn't think they're on their finish line yet, yeah, but it it also helps you know attract that blessing to us in the spirit. Oh, that's good. So somebody, some people were helping you in the middle of that process when you realized, oh, there's a good change going. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Oh, that's beautiful. All right. Um, just in the last few minutes, re- and really appreciate you, Sherilyn Decker. Uh, the book is Roar Back. God has called her to do many things. And uh, I know you coach a lot of women in particular, but also men. Um, I know you have this women's ministry that God is building. Um, but I want you to just touch on, uh, I thought, one of your list. And like I said, there's so many uh, just gems. There's so many great things in this book. But um, you talked about fear, and this is what you said. Fear has many facets, 
many ways it shows up and operates. And some of the examples just that you gave I thought were real strong. And maybe one of these you would want to address just in closing us out in the next few minutes. I'll list them and then let God uh, guide you to speak to one of them. You said approval, fear of rejection, fear of man, um, unforgiveness, uh, fear of letting go of hurt, a worry, fear of the outcome, anxiety, fear of being judged or viewed negatively, bitterness, fear that God got it wrong, jealousy, fear of not being enough, discontent, fear of not being satisfied, disillusion, fear of seeing the truth, uncertainty, fear of direction. This, this is just great. Insecurity, fear of not having value. Insecurity says, I doubt my value. And then manipulation, control, fear of losing control, and independence, fear of being dependent on God, which you've already addressed. Is there one of those? Um, there's just so much there. Is there one of those that you could just specifically address for us? For me, approval was probably mm. the biggest one that I dealt with because okay. I was a people pleaser. Yeah. I cared so much about what other people thought. Yeah. And then God began to show me that it wasn't, and let me try to frame this right. Yeah. It, we, we, we see him as creating us the way we are. And we're like, okay, but this is just the way that I am. And so people pleasing seemed like it was a theme in my life. And this is the way you've created me, God. But that's a big fat lie. Okay. The truth was it was pointed in the wrong direction. Oh. So I could take what was a was pointed as approval of some, taking care of caring about someone else's approval, caring out about someone else's thoughts and opinions of me. And then I could redirect that same energy, that same desire, that same need to an audience of one, to an mm. audience of my Heavenly Father, to an audience of am I becoming more like Christ? Am I growing in the Spirit and all the spiritual gifts that He's given me? Am I growing in the fruit of the Spirit? And if I can point my direction there and say, God, the only approval I seek is yours. Yeah. And then He says, I already have it. Yeah. I don't need to go seek and find. He gave it to me already by yes. saying I'm His daughter. Yes. He gave me that approval. I didn't have to go find it. So then I could just, by realizing that I could point it in a different direction, God set me free from that. And now, while I love all this affirmation on my book, yeah. frankly, I did it for God. Right, right. <laughs> and if he's pleased, then that's all that matters. And right. Pleasing him was all about, am I doing what he asked? Right. Oh, that's good. Wow. Um, all right, just one last question, just about that. People pleasing, like if someone's struggling and, and even to understand like that God has already given you his approval, like what would you say to somebody that's just struggling to, I mean, still think that they need to earn it or do more or be more? What would you say to them today? That you have to earn it is a lie from the enemy mm. because you don't have to earn it. He mm. gave it to you as a gift. And when somebody gives you something as a gift, it's not something that you earn. They give it to you because they want you to have it. Right. And so God gave us his approval. He gave us his identity. He gave us his, our authority. He gave us all of that because he wanted us to have it. Yeah. And when we can see ourselves, uh, and if we're feeling a lack of worth, yeah. then we need to come back to the Lord in, in our quiet space and say, God, why is this there? Because here's what I know to be true. When mm -hmm. we have these feelings that kind of bubble up to the surface and we're feeling some sort of way and we're like, God, I don't, I feel like I still need to earn it. 
we can bring that to his feet. He already knows it's there. Yeah. We can bring it to his feet because when it comes to the surface, it's because he wants to deal with it. Yes. And the more we push it down and the more we say, oh, that's just the way I am. I feel like I have to earn it. Yeah. God's like, no, no, no. I want to heal that. I want to take that away and I want to give you what I said I gave you to begin with. And sometimes it really is an exchange that we have to open our hands and say, okay, mm. God, give it to me again today. Right. And he knows, he, trusts, he meets us where we are in our level of faith. He meets us in our, our walk with the Lord wherever we are. He's going to meet you right where you are. Yes. So if you feel like you have to earn it, if you have to shed that every single day until you believe it and you mm. know it to be true like you know it to be true. Yes. Until you know it's so deep inside your core that when you're squeezed, it comes out. Yeah. Like that kind of de- depth. He right. will get you there. You don't have to do that yourself. This right. is the job of the Holy Spirit. We just say, God, I don't feel like I'm there today. Right. Okay. I'll meet you where you're at. Yes. And so it's really coming to being authentically honest with God mm. about this is where I'm at. I don't feel like I'm there. I don't feel like I can fully accept your approval. Yes. I don't accept I can fully be your child of God. I feel like I have to earn that. That's good. Well, he wants to, he wants to wipe all that off. And so I just speak, I just speak God's healing over that. And everybody who's listening, who feels like that, who feels just like that, that you right. don't feel like you have, you're good enough. You are good enough, and God's going to show you you are good enough if you're willing to receive it. Oh, that's good. All right, this is Sherilyn Decker, and her book is Roar Back. Um, You can get it today, right now. You'll be blessed. I was blessed, and uh, I know you will be as well. So I want to remind you, and thank you so much for uh, uh, this interview, Sherilyn. I really appreciate it. Thank you for writing this book out of obedience and sharing your experiences with us and uh, with the world through your book. And I just want to remind our listeners, and, and I, boy, that, that word was just so strong and so powerful. I hope you heard it. Um, but I want to remind you just what we talk about each and every time on Very Bold Radio and Podcast is that there's such a great hope that God has given us. It's real. And if you read Roar Back, you're going to realize it too. And I just want to remind you that's a great hope that God has given us, that God gave to Sherilyn, that God has given to you. And sometimes you just have to look back and see how he has moved and see what he has done and live in that hope of, boy, we're going to move forward on that. And what we talk about is from Second Corinthians 3.12, and this is how we sign off in just a second here. You can email me, steve at verybold.com, steve at verybold.com. I'm honored to pray for you and to pray through this with you if that's where you are today. But I want to remind you what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3.12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to verybold.com for information and updates and email steve at verybold.com.